Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Haas Talks Foss. I am here with our famous two engineers from Uber. I've got Heimick and Ovice. Ovice and Heimick, welcome to the Haas Talks Foss. I appreciate you guys stopping by. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Thank you, Matt, uh, for having us here. It's uh, great to chat with you. Normally, we would meet up in Percona Live in person, but, you know, uh, pandemic doesn't didn't really allow us to do that. So I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you in person as well. But other than that, it's great to be here. Great talking with you. Well, you know, the good news is online conferences are, are still here, but in person are starting to show up. I know like this year, for instance, um, you know, the OS Summit and uh, AWS reInvent, those are all going to be in person. So there are going to be opportunities, especially getting towards the second half of the year and next year for all of us to potentially meet up at various conferences. So that's going to be really exciting. And I, I don't know about you, but um, I'm really looking forward to getting out of the house. Um, I, I, I think I smell uh, from all the, the time here in the house, you know, like you, you got to blow that, that, that off. So uh, not, not, not a great thing, but um, yes, really looking forward to seeing you again in person. Ovice uh, for those who are listening uh, and don't know, Ovice used to work at Percona. And so I've known Ovice for, for years and years now. Um, and it's great to see him uh, do all the awesome things that he's doing. Ovice, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background, just for those who are listening who might not know who you are. Sure. Yeah, so uh, I have been in the uh, database industry 15, well, for more than 15 years, uh, and uh, including per the Percona time that you mentioned. Apart from that, I uh, I did some time at a startup called Lithium, also doing the database infrastructure over there. And then for the last five years, I've been at Uber, uh, again, in the database world. And here at Uber, I lead the uh, storage uh, uh, org. My team is responsible for providing a fully managed uh, database uh, blob storage and cache solutions. And you can think of it as a uh, as private cloud pass offering if you were to compare it to AWS or Google, but for internal users. So you can, so the internal users or the internal services get the same kind of feel that they would get if they were using in Amazon. Uh, 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 they don't have to worry about the operational uh, uh, procedures or their operational needs. Everything is fully managed for them. Uh, so that's kind of uh, what would summarize um, uh, what I'm doing at Uber. Okay. And what, just to clarify, when you talk about users, you're not talking about Uber users, you're talking no. about developers within Uber um, and those who are developing applications or using the data for analysis or whatever. Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Yes, when I talk about users, and this is a term that we use internally as well. Uh, when I talk about users, I am mainly referring to the uh, developers at Uber who are developing all of the services that make up the Uber ecosystem. Now, what's funny is for, for us database folks, uh, it, it's interesting because um, we've seen this evolution around users and, and who our users are. We used to, you know, build, you know, things specifically for application groups or, you know, things like that. But now we're we're building apps that serve people building apps as opposed yep. to just, you know, like having that one to one connection anymore. It's about, you know, building and scale. So yeah, I think interesting. <clears throat> yes, I think that cloud, uh, I think we should really uh, thank the cloud for that kind of transition. I think that we have moved away from, you know, in the past where we used to think more as a DBA. When you think of a database, you think of a DBA, right? But we have kind of moved away from that. And uh, that is due to the explosion of services, especially moving towards a microservice environment. It's, it's not really possible to be a DBA for all of these services, right? And that's where you start thinking about, okay, how can I provide a managed database solution? 
which is not just a database infrastructure, but which also um, uh, can uh, do most of the things that a DBA would do automatically, right? So prevent anti-pad provide an abstraction layer, restrict bad usage, right? And be smart enough to, uh, at, uh, where I'm going with is be smart enough to, to suggest how to write more performant, for example, queries, right? And uh, to, to be able to suggest what kind of a schema you should have, what kind of indexes you, you can have. I think that is the way to really scale a DBA role um, in this microservices world. Yeah. And so being in charge of that past solution, you know, obviously, and, and that, that infrastructure, um, you need people who can understand and have that vision to implement a lot of what you're trying to build. And that's why we have Heimik on the phone here as well with us. Um, hi, Heimik, um, you know, who is, uh, you know, architecting DocStore and some of the other backend features uh, that, you know, you, you talked about at Percona Live. Heimik, why don't you give us a little bit of background about you and tell us about, you know, your role? Yeah. Uh, first of all, thanks, Matt, for inviting us to this talk and looking forward for this. Uh, about me, so um, my main focus area since I did my school was in distributed systems and mainly targeting distributed databases. Prior to Uber, uh, I was working with uh, Yahoo Mail. There also I was uh, looking into their backend system where I was working with similar databases like HBase. And when I joined Uber since last five years, I've been part of the storage. And in the storage, I'm working on all different storage systems, what Uber offered to our internal users. And uh, lately I'm involved with this Stockstore project where I'm tech leading this Stockstore project and uh, working along with OVS on that. And um, uh, at the journey so far is mainly in the distributed databases. Okay, yeah. And I think that right now, we're seeing this this wave of database evolution into this distributed database mindset because of, as you mentioned, like these microservices and how developers are designing applications, they have to be resilient, they have to be portable, they have to, you know, conform to some sort of like, you know, standard. A lot of people are looking at deploying via Kubernetes or via, you know, uh, containers. And that changes the thought process around how you interact with the databases themselves. You know, it's no longer a single database that is a monolithic system that everyone connects up to. Now, you know, it, it, it's a new challenge. Um, and so that, you know, that leads us to, you know, your guys' infrastructure. So you've got a really big, complicated, you know, data footprint, don't you, Ovice? Yeah, yeah, we, we definitely have a huge footprint. If you look at Uber's business and the amount of rides you're doing, the amount of orders that are going through and getting processed through the system, if you look at Uber Eats, for example. So yeah, we have to deal with the massive amount of data. We have to deal with the massive amount of QPS. And that automatically means that we have a massive uh, infrastructure footprint as well. And that, again, is the reason I was mentioning that we, we have moved away from the uh, uh, individual DB mindset because at, at this scale, it's not really possible for us for, for to have human operators that are that are humanly managing all of the systems, we need to have systems in place that are self-managed, right? And uh, that's where we are going with what we're developing uh, Uber. That's exactly why we started uh, DocStore as well. And uh, to your point about uh, all of these microservices and how there's a shift uh, from moving from monolithic to microservice architecture, that's one part of the boom for distributed databases. The other part is the amount of data that gets processed these days, right? No one thinks about no one thinks about how much data they want to store because storage is kind of cheap, right? So yes. 
th- that was another that's another reason why we invested in Docstore is we wanted to build a system that can stick scale with the application that can work on small data set medium data set to very large data set and uh, 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 prevent having the user to have to migrate from one offering to another right which is uh, and let just let them focus on whatever their business logic is well, what's funny is, you know, the, 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 the concept of storage is cheap. Um, you, you know, it only extends so far because when it's 10 times cheaper, but you store 10 times more data, it costs the same. <laughs> right. I mean, because, yeah. you know, you, you, you've just got more and uh, it introduces a litany of other problems because, you know, you, you actually have to process that data. And a lot of times the performance implications of having, you know, 10 petabytes versus one petabyte or, you know, one terabyte of data, it's vastly different. Um, and that's something that a lot of people don't consider. They just think, you know, we're just going to store it forever. Um, we're going to keep it into, you know, whatever storage mechanism, whatever data lake that we have out there. Um, you know, we're just going to keep it out there and eventually we'll, we'll use it. But uh, there's all kinds of cascading implications. Now, you mentioned DocStore, and that's really what I wanted to talk to you about because you, you presented, both of you presented at Percona Live um, on this. And this was an exciting topic. Uh, I like to learn about why people are are building new new databases, new features. So maybe just give us a quick overview for those listening who haven't seen the presentation. What is DocStore? Okay, sure. Um, I uh, first I will go ahead and talk a little bit about it, and then I would like Himang to talk uh, a little from the technical perspective as well. So DocStore has been designed as a multi-model database. Uh, it provides best of both the worlds. When I say both the worlds, uh, you think about relational world and the uh, relational world and the document world, right? It provides the same level of flexibility that you would get from a document model, and at the same time, the same type of structured approach that you will see in a relational model. Uh, we when we thought about building DocStore, we did not want to enforce any restrictions in terms of what kind of data model the applications are going to use because we really wanted to build a database that can serve almost all of the use case, operational uh, database use cases at Uber, right? So we wanted to, uh, so we wanted to support a wide variety of data models, whether it's relational model, it's a hierarchical model, or it's a document model similar to similar to MongoDB. So DocStore, uh, from so that that is uh, that's what I would say from a usability perspective. Uh, from a technical perspective, it's a distributed database uh, that's built on top of uh, MySQL. We use MySQL as a storage engine. And uh, on top of that, we have a data distribution layer uh, that's possible for sharding the data set, then uh, query processing layer and, and a caching layer. And all of these TLs come together to form uh, the Docs product. And I'll let him talk about the technical side of it. Yeah. Uh, and Matt, when we started this uh, doc store, a few things we kept in mind is like what type of functionality that we need to support. And there we talked to multiple users and there we figured out that, okay, this database itself has to accommodate few functionalities like transactions and then consistency, which is very important for our developers as well. And there we implemented Raft protocol to ensure transactions are durable across the quorum number of nodes. And then we have uh, different layers, as always mentioned, like how to route these requests, how to provide these client drivers to our users, because uh, in Uber, we have Go and Java, so we need to ensure that we have metrics for both, and then how the routing needs to happen, and then how to have secondary indexes, replication, 
and all typical functionalities that we need to implement in the database. Okay. And so as you were building this, um, you know, uh, I think, you know, you, you had to implement a lot of these different, you know, d- details. Um, and, and you mentioned that MySQL is the underlying layer. So does that mean that there's a proxy or a, or a routing layer that, that actually handles most of the interactions with the developers and has, you know, sort of an API? And then from there, you call down to MySQL? Yeah, that's correct. So what we have done is we have implemented different layers. And the topmost layer that we have is our uh, client that talks to our gateways. So we have our own gateways. And what we have done is we have provided a structured APIs to our client. And all they need is just to call these structured APIs. So for example, if they need to just insert, they simply call insert. That's it. And then our client drivers automatically figures out that how it needs to route to our gateways. Then gateway understand that, okay, where is the other layer, lower layer, which is responsible for running graph protocol is running. They're out to those and they figure out, okay, this is the shard and that layer talks directly to MySQL. So everything is hidden with all these layers and users simply talk to a client. Now, is the API um, like a REST API then that is just very basic or does it accept SQL directly? So right now, if, if these are REST APIs, but we have all, okay. what we have also done is uh, the query APIs that we have is similar to what MySQL supports, the MySQL syntax, but it is still structured APIs that we support. Okay, okay. Now, um, so Ovice, you know, as as you were building this out, you know, and the, as this vision formed. Um, why not look at some of the databases that are already out there? I mean, it seems like every week there's a new distributed database that pops up, uh, you know, over, you know, the, the course of the last several years. I mean, there's there's dozens. And I mean, certainly there are some that have become very popular. What? Why build your own versus some of the things that are already out there? Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a great question. So we actually have experience uh, building database since 2015. So we had an early incarnation okay. of a distributed database, again, on top of MySQL that was called Schemaless, and there are a few blogs as well on the engineering blog about it. Uh, and then we all, Cassandra also got into, introduced into the mix, right? So uh, Schemaless was the append-only database and uh, had more data modeling restrictions so from a usability perspective, it was a bit hard to use. It was scalable, but not as usable. And that's how Cassandra came into the picture. Um, but uh, having developed an initial incarnation of a distributed database and having operated one of the largest uh, Cassandra deployments, uh, what we realized is like what we realized really from, for example, from Cassandra perspective, that users um, uh, do care about uh, strong consistency which is not something that Cassandra was providing. And without having a strong consistency, we saw a lot of complexities in terms of the application architecture. Uh, so for so let's say there's no notion of transaction. Uh, I mean, the low, lightweight transaction exists, but it's not scalable. So typically applications end up plugging in other systems. So for example, they would use Zookeeper as a, as a distributed lock manager and then use that to coordinate the rights to Cassandra. So, uh, th- and this is something that was happening on many different applications uh, that, that we're using Cassandra. And if you look at the Uber workload, it is um, 
it, it is some because of the physical nature of it because someone is wanting to get a ride right and you don't want multiple people to get the same ride look what kind of user experience we would have there right so the kind of consistency that is needed is really mm-hmm. important and that's where yeah. uh, we we found so many problems from increased complexity on the application side that we that we said that you know uh, we need to have a system that can provide us the same level that, that can provide us with a strong consistency so th- that was and is yeah go ahead so is that a function you know and i've seen this in a lot of other uh companies in a lot of other infrastructures where you know you start off with a technology that fits a specific need and then you start to evolve it to match other needs and you you might like it because it has certain features and then you start to bolt on technology on top of technology and you you know you try and overcome the limitations as opposed to using the right tool for that particular use case which might be completely different so with cassandra you, you know you mentioned the consistency you know it might be that there needs to be more reporting there might need to be more you know uh things that, that it just doesn't work so you're bolting on solution on top of solution until you have a frankenstein monster and yep. at some point you just need to kind of walk back and say like okay we chose the wrong tool initially based on what our needs are now is yeah, that what yeah. You're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Consistency okay. is just one part of it. Like if you have an operational database that is responsible for processing and storing all of the transactions related to a business operations, you need that data. For example, one of the important use cases need to make that data available for business report, right? So let that data flow into uh, the data warehouse and make it available for, for business reporting. And that's another area where there isn't a good story with Cassandra. There's no concept of having a uh, consistent log that can be used to move this data from Cassandra uh, to to the, to the data lake. Yes, there's a CDC feature that was introduced a little time back, but it's not it's not really production grade. So there was these type of challenges that you know uh, where Cassandra really fits in well is that you write the data. You don't really care about whether data may, is made available or not, whether it's consistent or not, and then you can read. Uh, and then you get to read something that may not be consistent, right? So this is not something that we need from a business perspective. And those are the limitations that made us move away uh, from Cassandra. So so you're, you're really, from a doc store perspective, you want flexibility, consistency, and ease of use, right? That's what you're looking yeah. for out of yeah. this uh, for your developers, to give them a universal interface to be able to handle a wide variety of different workloads. Um, so, so you're looking for the one ring, <laughs> the one ring to rule them all, right? You know, to, to, to have all of the data kind of like flow through and have some conformity. Yeah, one um, ring for operational uh, operational data set. Uh, so it might uh, seem like it's not possible, but if you look at how applications typically use a database, what what do they need, right? They need to be able to store large amounts of data, they need like efficient processing and be able to query the data set as and when they need. This, this And they need high availability, reliability, consistency, performance, right? So it is definitely, I mean, what we have found is definitely possible to build a database that can uh, that can offer all of that. And um, that's where Docstore comes into the picture. Now to your other question about why did we end up building something ourselves? As I mentioned earlier in our discussion that we did have a previous incarnation schemaless, which um, did have some of the building blocks that we could use uh, to build out a new database, Docstore. Yes, there were uh, issues with it from a usability perspective. 
uh, and for example it didn't have crud it didn't have a notion of transactions but these but it did it still has some of the building blocks that we had built for it that could be used to build out a new database and then we had an operational expertise around like running managing uh, a mysql based system running and managing some of the components that i mentioned that exist in schemaless and if you build a com- if you bring a completely new system in, into the mix which hasn't been proven at the scale that we have uh, we have uh, that we are at then i would say that we are at mercy of the system we i, I don't th- i think that that would be a very risky decision to make and if you think about if you think about life of a product where do you end up spending most of the time you end up spending most of the time running it in production right 80 i would i say it's that true. the 20 80% applies to it as well you spend 20% time developing it you spend 80% time running it in production maintaining it understanding it debugging performance issues fixing them right and if you have an expertise around a system if you have built out if you have an ex, if you have built out something that uh, or components that you that you can reuse then i would say that that is the way to, that uh, that's the way to go because the 80% time would be best uh, 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 applied there so building a database though or uh, you know even a distributed system like this is not for the faint of heart i mean uh, let, let's let's be honest uh, most companies probably won't be able to pull it off because they don't have the engineering uh, you know background and maybe the details that you guys have at uber uh, they might not even have the workload um, and it's a, it's an expensive endeavor in terms of time resources and knowledge um, and and it's um, potentially fraught with, you know, challenges that you have to overcome. So, Heimik, as you've built this out, as you've been designing this, what are some of the challenges that you had to overcome that you found that this was a really difficult thing and we're, you know, we we, we had to overcome this and we're happy that we did, but it was, it was tough. Yeah, I think one of the challenges that we had was supporting transactions. Um, it, it, it sounds simple, but uh, when it comes to production, when you have to scale it, there we see a lot of challenges and there we uh, end up spending a lot of time but i think it was one of the best decisions because now uh, we are serving it on the database layer and application don't care about it but earlier what was happening is every application developer has to implement it in their application side so transactions definitely one of the feature that we found that uh, earlier we thought it was easy to implement but scaling it was challenging because there were a lot of common cases that we have to deal with and the other part of that would be to teach our developers like how to use it in the production and how not to misuse it um, because when you expose these functionality chances are that people may misuse it um, and similarly we are um, uh, and i think we will uh, convey it towards the end of the talk but we are also implementing two pc and there also there are a lot of challenges that we have to figure out a lot of corner cases that we have to figure out and these are some of the challenges that we faced while we were developing Docstore. So from a transaction perspective, when we talk about that challenge, you're talking about you've got this distributed system, you've got shards, and you might have a transaction that crosses a dozen different shards. How do you ensure the consistency across those dozen shards? Yeah. Is that kind of... Okay. Yeah, and, and, and that is a challenge. Yeah. And then on top of that, we have wraps. So we also need to... Um, understand the new sense of it that, okay, what will happen if you have two nodes going down or what will happen in the corner cases when the leader is not up and these type of things. Again, it won't come during the development, but when we were scaling it, when we had traffic on the instances, then we had to figure out all those things in the uh, production. 
Okay. Okay. And I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's a big challenge. I know that, you know, in a distributed system, that's, you know, a key area for a lot of different people. Now, you mentioned something that's interesting that most people don't think about, which is the developer education. Um, whether you're choosing, you know, a, a new database that you've built or a new technology that you're implementing, um, you know, it's those pesky developers who often, you know, cause, you know, a lot of those issues. Um, and, you know, it's it's interesting because I've seen this where, you know, people don't understand the technology necessarily. So it's very easy for them to misuse it. Right. So, you know, I like the Spider-Man phrase with great power comes great responsibility. And so you've developed this system that has this immense amount of power. How how are you going about training them and making sure that they do, you know, things that aren't going to hurt the system? I mean, are there checks and balances in place? By not giving them the power. Okay. <laughs> Explain. Explain. I mean, <laughs> yeah. So while Doc Stores is featureful, uh, we have restrictions in place uh, which prevents uh, the developers from using bad design patterns, right? So. Think of it this way, like uh, what are the different type of uh, bad design patterns can we see? Maybe someone choosing a, a not that selective uh, uh, field as a key, right? So, for example, someone choosing uh, uh, gender or or a city name as a key, right? They, 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 they are not that many distinct values. And what that means is that uh, uh, the data is going to be uh, not well charted, right? Then the other examples of, for example, uh, people using transactions the wrong way, for example, uh, keeping the transaction open for too long, doing some other remote operations, and then committing and causing a huge amount of lock contention, right? Uh, so we have restrictions in place or, or storing very large blobs into the database, which is another anti-pattern. So we have restrictions in place that can provide, prevent these type of uh, anti-patterns. And that's actually one thing that I wanted to add when I was talking earlier is that whether you are using, whether you're building your own database or you are using something open source that already exists, right? You need to have an abstraction layer in front of it. You cannot simply expose the full feature set of that particular functionality because generally, if you look, in, look at an OSS database, it is developed for a wide variety of use cases. So it has a lot of feature set. Not all features are supposed to be scalable, right? So, and if you just give people the full power, as you mentioned, full power to do anything, then they are going to misuse it. We cannot expect the developers to know the nitty gritty of each and every feature of the database, right? And that's where you need to have an abstraction layer in place, which not only abstracts away the database, but also restricts the amount of functionality that is available. And the less obscure functionality that is used, the easy it is for, uh, other developers who might uh, end up working on the same code base. So, so that's where I think the way we are handling it is not just by teaching. Yes, teaching for sure is important, but by also restricting the API, thinking about the uh, anti-patterns and especially taking our experience uh, and uh, taking our experience and, uh, and building our uh, uh, protections in the system uh, so that these anti-patterns uh, don't get applied, right? Uh, preventing hot shards, things like that. And that's where uh, we feel like uh, DocStore excels as compared to some of the other systems as well in that uh, it, it really makes sure that even if developers do not have full knowledge of the nitty-gritty of the system, it is not going to let, it's not easy to make it misbehave. 
So narrow the feature set to what is really needed. Keep it simple and straightforward and eliminate those edge cases um, from you know being exposed to everyone until they're needed. Yep. And then you can work on how to implement them best. Okay, that makes sense. Now, you know, I, I know you you you, you both um, are on, on this this team is responsible for all of the management of data um, from the operational standpoint at Uber. So you're talking petabytes of data potentially here, right? Um, so just outside of even DocStore, I, I always like to, you know, hear, you know, what are you seeing with a challenge um, of, of managing an environment that size? Like, it's a massive environment. And, you know, what sort of problems do you see crop up more often than you'd like? You know, what are the, the, the recommendations for people who have these scalable environments that, you know, aren't Uber scale yet, but maybe they will be in a couple of years? What are the things that they should look out for? Yeah, most of the uh, most of the problems that we see, or most of the uh, most of our time gets spent on operational issues, right? So the first thing that I would really like recommend is to focus on uh, platform automation. Make sure that everything is fully automated. Uh, because as you scale, it's like, as I mentioned earlier in the discussion, it's not really possible to throw human at the problem, right? So uh, so uh, think, think of things like, um, how do I scale our, how do I add new nodes? How does leader election happen? How do I provision these databases? How do users interact? And as much self-service as the developers can do themselves, the better it is for the system so that the team can focus more on uh, maintaining and developing the system and taking it forward, right? So the, the automation part is uh, is really the key. Uh, the other part is don't make, the other part to think about is uh, uh, don't make the database uh, a dump dumpster right so make make sure that okay. make sure that developers understand what there's what kind of data they are storing and that's where uh, one of the key features of docstore is schema enforcement so as soon as you put uh, as soon as you enforce a schema or force the developers to think about the schemas uh, they start thinking about the relevance of the data and what they what they are going to be storing in it right and that that is kind of one way uh, to make sure that database just doesn't get get up being a dump of all kinds of different types of data and database design matters and i think this is where it's interesting as we look at all these automation tools um whether it's you know in the cloud whether it's you know you know systems you're building yourself whether it's trying to run you know via kubernetes whatever the automation and the operations take you so far, but from a database design perspective, a crappy application, a crappy design system is still going to perform poorly, no matter how much awesome infrastructure you put behind it. And I think that's a key lesson that a lot of people don't um, take to heart. And I think that causes more issues um, than the infrastructure does in a lot of cases. Yeah, 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 for sure. And uh, the other thing I would say is uh, it's necessary to have the right abstractions in place. Uh, make sure that you do not, even if you're using an OSS system, make sure that you do not expose the uh, the internal APIs of the system because in some part of your journey, like we, have, we are in a journey of migration as well, you would realize that what you have doesn't really work, doesn't really scale with you. And 
especially in a microservices world where there's no monolithic application for there are thousands of applications out there it's really challenging to move people from one technology to another so thinking about a right abstraction place actually makes it easy in the future to evolve the system right and like seamlessly migrate to another technology and the storage engine that part also is really important and the final piece i would add is around efficiency i think that is the biggest challenge that as you scale as you grow bigger and bigger you can't just throw hardware at the problem you need to think about efficiency you need to think about how how much how data is getting stored and especially today in our world there's a lot of requirement around like, there are a lot of regulations which make which make it that you need to make sure that and the data is properly protected you need to have a history of for example all the changes that were that got made mm-hmm. let's say on a user account or you need to store a large amount of data and that's where from the get go think about tiering think about how you can bisect your data into what is hot what is frequently used what is something that needs to be kept around for regulatory reasons or that that's not uh, access that frequently thinking about these things right from the get go uh would make it easy as you try as like companies transition from uh, from a, like a small scale company to let's say uber scale company great well hymic and ovice thank you for showing up and talking to me a little bit about this i know that you have a percona live session floating around there i believe it's out on youtube if you're interested in uh checking out more details on docstore um it should be available out there for free uh if you'd like i know ovice you're always hiring so if you know if you're interested in working on uber scale problems um you know ovice is always hiring dbas and engineers to help him on the storage team and um would probably welcome uh, some awesome engineers uh to the team. Um yeah, thank you so much Matt for mentioning that and bringing that up. We definitely are always looking for uh, uh engineers with database experience both from a management perspective as well as a development perspective and Uber is a great place to work. Uh and uh like working with Himank whoever comes and works with Himank will learn a lot. on the distributed database side as well so i i would say this is a huge opportunity as you mentioned earlier not every company gets to build a database so i would say come join this journey and help us build uh, take docstro forward all right great thank you both um i appreciate the time that you spent today and um you know we look forward to seeing how docstore grows and evolves over the next few years thank you man for inviting us Thank you so much Matt uh for having me here and it was great chatting with you. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in Pulsan as well in one of the conferences soon. Wow, what a great episode that was. We really appreciate you coming and checking it out. We hope that you love open source as much as we do. If you like this video, go ahead and subscribe to us on the YouTube channel, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn, and of course, tune in to next week's episode. We really appreciate you coming and talking open source with us.